You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hey there, guys. Welcome to the marketing firm of Zuckerman and Belkum. Come on in. Have a seat. Have a seat. Drink some of this stuff we paid for that you didn't. Um, what? Thanks. Okay. Yeah, swanky office, man. Fifth Avenue, huh? Yeah, yeah. We pay these rents because we firmly believe in reasonable expenditures of company funds. Is that why the chair is made of lapis lazuli, too? You betcha. Now, look, I had my top research team look over your uh, citation-needed podcast at 600 bucks an hour, and, and they've come up with some very interesting recommendations later when they Googled how to grow your podcast. Oh, Awesome. So, so, so this year is Marcus Bennett, Habsburg Senior, the third Esquire. You, you ever heard of that NASA thing? That was him. Anyway, he's got some suggestions for your show, and I think you just might love them. Hey guys, I'm Marcus, and I don't really care about your names because I've had sufficient time to show you the quality of my teeth. Anyway, we listened to a number of your episodes and cross-referenced those with the standard application programming interface and the CTRs. And the COSs with the ABLs, like you like your KBIs, came up with a great CRO for your CAC. Now, hear me out. Have you considered doing one subject across multiple shows? Oh, huh. Like a two-parter? We're thinking more like a 12-parter. And instead of, you know, your whole wacky stories from history thing, I love that. I love that, but I hate it. Wherever the hell the theme of your show is supposed to be, you chose something emotionally compelling. Say, an unsolved murder that's totally solved. But you present that evidence in the right order that it won't be obvious until the end. You present that in what we like to call a serial format dude that's just a ripoff of serial the podcast serial yeah yeah totally and what do you guys think adnan did it yep, he did that Am I allowed to eat as many of these as i want like so i can eat them all right oh, now? by all means yeah no those are very expensive and thus promote psychological pressure that manifests in a feeling of indebtedness to us later <laughs> no they don't but thanks okay don't like that idea i got it back and forth little tennis match little ping pong let's get it no problem we're gonna bill you for the infographics anyway how about this we go full visual bring the whole thing the podcast to fit on a tv screen and instead of telling stories and making dick jokes you all try to run a hotel together but you just can't get it right are you with me are you with me that's a stupid that's a terrible idea this is this is fucking stupid i quit the meeting I'm in. Yeah. Are any of you amenable to the idea of becoming a jaunty black astrophysicist? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm with Heath. I quit the meeting too. Okay, racist. We got one racist. Got it. I'll keep listening until this bowl of chocolates is empty. I guess. But... <sighs> you can just, you can just have them. My teeth itch. And welcome to Citation Needed, the podcast where we choose a subject, read a single article about it on Wikipedia, and pretend we're experts. Because this is the internet, and that's how it works now. I'm Tom, and I'll be pushing you down this knowledge hole, but there's no need to clench up. 
I brought along plenty of intellectual loot. <laughs> First up, two men whose scalps are in perpetual need of a shaft to nestle between them. <laughs> Eli and Heath. Oh, if only one of the three of us was known for being a giant dick, it would be... Only... And regardless of whose dick we're talking about, uh, nestle sounds a little boring. Like, I feel like that's the wrong... That's the wrong I want a more active verb. I know you do, yeah. Heath, but you don't get one. And also joining us tonight, representing 40% of the team and 93% of the hair... Please welcome Noah and I Cecil. I feel like you're underestimating Eli's ass crack, but you know what? I'll take that as a compliment to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and regardless of whose ass crack we're talking about, Nestle still sounds a little boring. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> right? All right. Before we get started today, I want to take a moment to kiss the asses of all the people that support the show financially. Maybe use a little tongue. If you'd like to learn how to join their ranks, be sure to stick around till the end of the show. And with that out of the way, tell us, Eli. What person, place, thing, concept, phenomenon, or event will we be talking about today? Today, because Noah apparently made a deal with the devil that involved finding a topic too boring to be funny, we'll be talking about a flavor of soda. (laughs) New Coke. (laughs) Amazing. Yes, great. Noah, you picked this dumbass topic. (laughs) Because apparently you'd... Read this entire Wikipedia article before at some point and didn't want to do some new work. So are you ready to educate us all, even though we don't care? With a vote of confidence like that, Tom, how could I not be, right? (laughs) All right. Well, then, uh, with no additional excuses to stall, tell us, what is new Coke? It's an old type of Coke. That's That's why new shouldn't be baked into titles, people. It's going to get old. It's the same shit when they started calling one kind of art modernism, right? Fucked up all the later generations. <laughs> Is semantic pedantry the only reason you wanted to talk about this? Like, No, I, it's it's the main one. Uh, and, <laughs> and it would be sufficient despite your tone if it was. The <laughs> Welcome to the grammar cast where the Oxford comma can go fuck itself. <laughs> I will stab you. Yeah, Are I you serious? No way endorse that needless slander of the superior common placement Oxford methodology. Comma. Oh, I love those two dots the most. I'm on your side. I'm on. I am on your side. Oh, you need the Oxford comma. I don't even know what a regular comma is. Fuck it. This episode's about the Oxford comma. It's clearly superior <laughs> system. It's not even close. It's obviously better. It's 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 totally ambiguous if you don't have it. In lots of cases, whatever. I'm on your side. Yeah, I need because if you make a list. And then everyone won't know unless you use spaces and the yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> NYU, everybody, NYU. Oh, My microphone is broken. <laughs> so, New Coke was the name retroactively given to a formula that the Coca-Cola company rolled out for its signature beverage in 1985, and it's mostly remembered today as one of the greatest marketing disasters of all time. This is basically the cautionary tale that advertising executives tell to their children to scare them into behaving. But as you're going to learn at the end of the episode, despite its reputation, it was actually a spectacular success, albeit in a very unexpected way. It's weird that we don't have any modern marketing disasters, like, like say, dragging a 70-year-old off a plane and returning everyone's tray table <laughs> to the upright <laughs> position with his face on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we all hate old people, but I feel like the United Stock would have done even better if it was a one-year-old. Right? Yes! <laughs> It's rare to get the chance to beat the shit out of a baby and make a profit. That was a big oversight. Oh, 
on oh, their what's part. that? Sound of United stock bouncing right back up to 80 because nobody actually cares? Oh, yeah. Delicious, delicious negligence. Eli buys low and sells high. Outrage culture is delicious. Yum, 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 yum. All right, so here's the backstory. Right, so this Chinese guy, he won't get out of his fucking seat. <laughs> and when they come back and say, get out of your seat, that was <laughs> No, not this? No, right. we're going to do a different episode on that one right after your Jean Benet one. So <laughs> ever, ever since soft drinks were a thing, I, I've been advised that Eli's not allowed to talk about Chinese people or fake Chinese people anymore, so that one's actually out. <laughs> so... Ever since soft drinks were a thing, Coke was the dominant force in the market. In fact, the word Coke is second only to OK in terms of universal linguistic recognition. Oddly, hmm. sucky, sucky long time is number three. Now, how is that? Rightly. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Anyway, in the mid-80s, it seemed like Coke's spot at the top of the soda industry was vulnerable. A quick number to illustrate the point. Right after World War II, Coke controlled about 60% of the soft drink market. Now, that's not drinks owned by the Coca-Cola company, by the way. That is the one singular flavor, Coke. By 1983, it had dropped from 60% to below 25%. Now, some of that drop-off came from people shifting to more healthy stuff as they got older. Some of it was because regional competitions uh, showed up with companies that could offer more flavors. But the real driver behind those numbers was Coke's somehow even more sugary rival, Pepsi. And perhaps also switching the formula away from having actual cocaine. (laughs) Well, that. And affirmative action, too. (laughs) Exactly. By the 80s, racism effectively gone. It was <laughs> black, black people were getting jobs and buying sodas like fucking crazy. They were doing great under Reagan. Uh, 1983, the year when the answer to is Pepsi OK was yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, Pepsi's not OK. Yeah. And now you're like, no, I want you to spit in a glass. <laughs> right? I tell you what, hustle on back to the quote unquote kitchen and see if you can find the world's most popular soda all right woman who wears her name on her shirt gray oh my god you're a terrible person that's not for me that's for her i'm ashamed to to know you So anyway, like Eli was saying, Pepsi wasn't exactly the new kid on the block or anything. Uh, the company actually started in 1893, a mere eight years after Coke made its debut. But until the 40s, it kind of limped along in and out of bankruptcy until a series of marketing wins started in the 50s, uh, which started to erode Coke's near monopoly. Uh, this included a lot of niche marketing, by the way, concerted efforts to uh, reach out to minority markets, for example. So actually, you were right, Heath. Um, Thank and you. also the the uh, big win for him was the Pepsi Challenge. For, for those of you too young to know this, the Pepsi Challenge was like the Snap Challenge, but with more nutrients. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> more calories anyway. Yeah, yeah th- those jade eggs have pretty much zero nutritional value. <laughs> <laughs> they get lodged in your throat, too. That's the... <laughs> You can always tell which vagina was using one. It's all yoked up, but we should, oh, should, we should get Gwyneth on the show. Get Gwyneth. Cough them all like hairballs. Thank you. <laughs> she won't return my emails ever since the incident. The incident. The incident. Nope. Oh, come on. I set up the whole. Nope. Doodly do. <laughs> nope. <laughs> 
We we learned our lesson last week, Eli. <laughs> so here's Coca-Cola's board of directors looking at these trend lines and doing the math and getting really scared, right? I mean, for decades, they've watched Pepsi slowly chipping away at the edges of their business. But now they were getting a huge section of the of the youth market as well, which is where the soda business lives and dies. In fact, in the early 80s, the only thing making Coca-Cola the top-selling soda was the captive pouring rights they had at stadiums and theaters and shit. Uh, Pepsi actually outsold them in both supermarkets and convenience stores. For those of you too young, theaters were like big auditoriums where you watch Netflix with a group of people, <laughs> but you didn't necessarily chill with them. Not necessarily. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know what it was like, uh, invite a homeless person into your home to jerk off while you try to watch a movie and pretend he's not doing it. <laughs> Way ahead of you. Guys. Way ahead of you. I keep getting this one backwards and inviting a movie into my home and jerking off the homeless guy. It's, <laughs> it's, what do you call weird. the money shot? What's weird. the verb you use for the money shot? This has been bothering me all week. Taz has a Way money shot. Way ahead of you, Tom, also. <laughs> he does now. He has it now. <laughs> so speaking of money shots, that's a terrible segue, but I needed something. So in 1984, the CEO of Coca-Cola, that would be Roberto Goizueta, Goizueta, I guess. Anyway, he decides that it's time for some drastic action. Kids are driving the markets. Kids seem to prefer a soda so sweet you had to literally chew your way through the sugar crystals to drink it. So they set about completely changing what was, by most standards, the best-selling consumer product of all time. Uh, I'm not sure how this relates to the Asa Akira Fleshlight. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that you where you'd bring that up out of nowhere. I'll segue back for you. We were talking about new Coke. <laughs> Some of us hid both under our bed. <laughs> I keep hiding Asa Akira under my bed, but she gets loose easily. <laughs> <She's> loose. <laughs> Yo, Very loose. Oh, no. You can get the ass flashlight too. I don't know if you guys She's true. an author. Now, <laughs> I want to know where she held the pen. Too much prep work. It's too much prep work. Now, you get a mouth, too. I'm just saying, there's three different options. You can get ass, mouth, and vagina. Go ahead. Sorry. Yes. New Coke. Speaking of mouths, no, I got a good one for that. Speaking of mouths. <laughs> now, at this point, the marketing execs take over, and everything predictably goes to shit. They arm themselves with a bunch of new flavors, and they set out in the world to determine which people like most and whether people prefer them to the existing Coke flavor. All of this under the secret agency moniker of Project Kansas. And it was all part of a big conspiracy. Ready for this? Get your push pins and yarn ready. So the Goizueta family comes from big sugar money in Cuba. And that ties in with Roberto's time at Yale, where he joined the Illuminati and helped with the <laughs> fluoridated water scheme by promoting tooth decay. <laughs> Most people don't know. Infowars! Right. You're welcome, sheeple. Which I didn't have to know. Do Noah's work for him all the time. <laughs> Get woke, everybody. <laughs> Pay attention. Watch a meme. Jesus. Yeah, right? <laughs> the whole meme? <laughs> All right. So ultimately, there were three prongs it. to their marketing <laughs> research. Yeah. Uh, taste tests, surveys, and focus groups. Now, the sweeter formula performed significantly better in the taste tests. Uh, first sip bias. Read a fucking book. Well, preferably one... <laughs> Written about this marketing effort and then sent back in time. Yeah. yeah. Also, Malcolm Gladwell can make a time machine. You don't know. <laughs> also, in the blink of an eye. Oh, his title was Blink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Garrison Keeler. So <laughs> nice. 
five million dollars. Like, Call five back. Five million dollars running right down my chin. It's fine. Right down my chin. I'll bring it back up. I'll bring it back up and in. Five million dollars. So I gotta I gotta switch right back from swallowing Garrison Keeler's sperm to new coke, and it's so easy, and I can't do it. It's, that's, never has there been an easier transition to make. Um, okay. The only time anyone's ever swallowed new coke. <laughs> Spray it on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they have these taste tests. Also, uh, the, the marketing concept seemed to do really well in surveys, but there were some hints of the disaster to come in their focus groups. Something like one in 10 group participants reported feeling angry and alienated at the thought of completely changing the flavor of Coke. What? And they said they'd probably quit drinking it all together. Wait, angry and alienated? Yeah. It's an oddly <laughs> emotional reaction to... Soda news. I feel like that's, I mean, that's just that's just weird. People like who the fuck stops what they're doing for two hours in the middle of the day to do a focus group in a mall? Crazy people. It's a bad sample. That's just bad. It's a bad well, weird people. No, sample. it was weird people, but it wasn't a bad sample because it turned out that translated. We'll get there. Now, the one in ten might seem kind of low, but you have to keep in mind that only like. One in four people were actually buying their product to begin with. So this should have been a huge red flag for them. But because it was a small minority and the data was only showing up in focus groups, not in the taste test or the surveys, the marketing execs ignored it. So just for clarity, it's not doing a minstrel show in cesium dust, but the theme of this show about being stupid people who got what they deserve stands. I'm just saying it stands. <laughs> Rub it in. Yeah, no, the spinoff show is doing well. Now, they did consider the idea of, of just launching this as a separate soft drink to compete more directly with Pepsi, uh, but they ultimately decided that they'd wind up cannibalizing their own sales, so they ditched that. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, hold on. So they still sell stuff, right? I mean, if I make a dollar and I put it in my back pocket, my front pocket isn't bitching about it, right? <laughs> well, no, wait, I'm confused, because when I make a dollar, I get... 42 cents in my <laughs> right pocket. And yeah. then I don't, that was because of a 20 year bad deal. You just got <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Coke money and uh, $1 bills, uh, Cecil's actually a really talented exotic dancer. It's a true story. <laughs> Everybody knew that. Yeah. I can make the tassels go opposite ways. <laughs> I know what I want for my birthday. <laughs> he actually he goes by the talented Mr. Stripley. That's his name. <laughs> It's very good. So I want to kill myself for my birthday. To, to, <laughs> <laughs> so to address Christ. your point, Cecil, but not in the way that Eli wants to. If if you spend marketing dollars to move the dollar from one pocket to the other, there is something to bitch about here, right? Plus, the bottlers were already complaining about the new cherry Coke flavor that they were going to be rolling out in 1985, and they feared that adding too many new flavors in a short period was going to piss off the people that actually got their product to their customers. People who, by the way, were already suing them over the company's syrup pricing policies. You know, the bottlers union is surprisingly intimidated. Like there's just so many impromptu knives laying about everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just don't fuck with those guys. <laughs> so coke lets the media know on april 19th of 1985 that they have a major announcement for the following tuesday and, and while they didn't say specifically what they were doing the wording of the press release made it pretty obvious now for their part pepsi publicly celebrated the move as proof that coke was surrendering in the ongoing cola wars and they even went so far as to declare a company-wide holiday in honor of this momentous achievement 
just everyone at Pepsi headquarters firing AK-47s in the air, doing <laughs> doing lines of blow, sticking their dicks in Coke machines they rented. <laughs> and then they celebrated when they were done with that. Then yeah. they celebrated. <laughs> The average day at Pepsi. No, that's Atari headquarters, actually, if we're, we're in the 80s. So so the day that uh, Coke was set to make their announcement, Pepsi even went so far as taking out a full-page ad in the New York Times to let everyone know that Coke was not, in fact, the real thing. Oh, shit. For those of you uh, too young to know this, a New York Times full-page ad was the equivalent of two Donald Trump tweets. <laughs> or, or like one Khloe Kardashian Instagram post. Right. <laughs> Uh, at 7 a.m. and easy to jerk off to. <laughs> who, jerk- Wait, who jerks off at 7 a.m.? Way ahead of you, Tom. People who wake up at 6.59. Yeah, come on. Crossfitters. Now, I should say. <laughs> Weird, muscly people who don't read books. Now, My hands are too callous. It just hurts. I'm Call themselves coach. No. <laughs> Now, I should say, behind the scenes here, Pepsi was actually scared as hell. They were certain that this move was going to reverse decades of gains for them, so they made a concerted effort to ensure that the rollout went poorly. But as it happened, the CEO was not going to need any insistence in fucking up this rollout, since the adjectives he used at the big press release to describe the new flavor included rounder and harmonious. What? (laughs) As opposed to the uh, original formula, which was more... Elliptical and dissonant. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unfortunately, they were up against the, the jagged contrapuntal flavor of Pepsi <laughs> with its rhomboid flutter of terra firma. What? what the fuck does that even mean? Noah, did you work at Coca-Cola before you did this podcast? You have to disclose this stuff. You have to tell us. My words always mean the stuff I mean for them to. Anyway, so to be clear, I wouldn't know. <laughs> On one end, the rollout could not have been any more successful. Marketing research after the fact showed that 80% of the American public was aware of the change within a couple of days. Uh, For comparison, that's significantly more than the number of Americans who can correctly identify the country we won our independence from. (laughs) Yeah, it's England. It's America. China. The biggest loser. (laughs) The Confederacy. (laughs) So, of course, knowing that the formula had changed and Buying it, those are two completely different things. And judging by Goizueta's comments at the press conference, that would have come as news to him. When asked if the company had plans to change the formula for Diet Coke if the new formula was successful, he pushed back against that bullshit if qualifier and responded, quote, I didn't assume this is a success. This is a success. End quote. Okay. All right. Well, I guess this is our last chance to take a break while that guy's still in so on that note we're gonna cue the interstitial music for apropos of nothing hey there you love sex yeah yeah sex is pretty great well how about something different okay uh like what how about new sex new sex new sex uh what's changed Males love dick-based sex. Dick. I, I do normally use my dick during sex. Is that what you're, what you're talking about? So we added more dick. More dick. Wait, wait, what? More dick. One coming right out of your mouth. Out of your mouth. Uh, g- get that thing away from my face. It's comfortable. Or out of your ass. Robots. 
No, uh, again, a dick coming out of my mouth or ass is not going to make sex better. That's not all. We've also added more sweat. Ew, that smells horrible. Now you'll have twice the dick and all the sweat in one package. That's three packages. Uh, Are you sure you're marketing this to the right audience? I don't like it. Try new sex in stores now. New sex. Uh, I'll have a sex classic. And we're back. When we last left off the story, which seems like far too grandiose term for this, uh, this consecutive series of words. Let's go with that. That's (laughs) more accurate. Scintillating. It's just a great topic. Coke had just announced their new formula and their CEO was hard at work counting his unhatched chickens like our Patreon dollars. So Noah, (laughs) very unhatched, not even, not even just stated. So Noah, when did this all go wrong? Well, it was all wrong from the start, but it took a little while for the Coca-Cola people to realize it. In the immediate aftermath of the announcement, Coke sales shot up 8% over the previous year. Now, they took that as a huge success without stopping to consider that virtually all of those sales represented people trying the new product for the first time. Like Citation needed. 8% growth. It's a rocket ship. It's a fucking <laughs> rocket ship, people. <laughs> now, Hi, Mom. early indicators... <laughs> Now, early indicators on the acceptance front looked at least kind of good. The the marketeers bragged that the majority of Coke buyers actually liked the new taste without fully considering the fact that before the change, all of Coke buyers liked the taste. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Are you saying they bought it just for the taste of it? They say they like the taste, but they're just being polite about it. You know? uh, for those who are confused, just for the taste of it was a slogan back when commercials were not nightmare hellscapes. Light oh no, they were color. they were nightmare hellscapes. We just we just actually watched them back then. It's because they starred Cindy Crawford back. Then. She's dead exactly. now, right? Yep, David Copperfield gave her AIDS. <laughs> That's just true. That's not on me. That's just ask Andrew. So the key here, though, is despite what the marketers were trying to tell the CEOs and whatnot, 75% of your customers thinking your product still doesn't suck is not a victory. Yeah, but admittedly, that's way better than we do with presidents. No, that's true. Yeah. In <laughs> politics, that's a that's a win. At least one person during the Clinton presidency liked the taste. <sighs> <laughs> presumably, yeah, presumably, that man was Garrison yeah. Keillor. Five million dollars. I'd keep it in my beard for a week. I'm just, <laughs> Jesus. I'd style my hair with it. I'm just saying. I hope Garrison Keillor's sperm becomes a regular guest on this show. So what happens next here is that the average American gets a hold of this thing. The stalwart Coke supporters turn on them, and I hear my dad say fuck for the very first time. Huh. Um, and, and the second time. <laughs> I, I believe his exact quote, as I recall it, upon first tasting the new formula was, if I wanted a fucking Pepsi, I'd have bought a fucking Pepsi. <laughs> he, he then, by the way, a little side note, he offered me some. He says, you want to try some? But I didn't. Because he had just had to resort to HBO words to describe it, and I'm not a fucking idiot. Right? It's like when you're trying to get some of that angry argument sex, so you keep it going. 
No, no, never mind. It's about dad. Bad example. You guys said. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on, Heath. Why is that a bad example? I want angry argument sex. I'm willing to argue about this, Heath. I will argue you so hard. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You guys get argument sex? You know what my wife doesn't do when she's mad at me? Fucks me. Nobody in the history. Of, I think this is a fake thing. I can't imagine anyone in the history of ever just being like, yeah, now that you've said that about my mom, let's get it on. <laughs> You might want to try turning the tables and fuck your wife instead of waiting for her to fuck you. <laughs> oh, look at me. You clearly don't have the body physique of an Eli Bosnick. I can do a sit-up. I can fuck another person. <laughs> so the bulk of the resistance to the new Coke formula came out of the South, which is where Coca-Cola was born. With a number of angry letter writers describing the flavor change as, I'm not making this up, it's in the Wikipedia article, the worst thing to happen to the South since they lost the Civil War. Jesus Christ. And I, I, I honestly, I don't know the most Christ. disturbing aspect of that comparison. I can think of at least four contenders. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Southerners. They should have just painted the Dixie flag on the can. Those surrender monkeys would have fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall Jenner walks up to Robert E. Lee, hands him a Pepsi, a new Coke, turns around, okay, black people, you're free, real sorry about that, we're done here. Not you, Caitlin, not yet. Not yet. Of course, I don't want to leave anybody with the impression that hating New Coke was like a regional thing here. The most vocal outrage was concentrated in the South, but it quickly became something the entire country could get on board with. We used to have those things. Entire country agreed on shit. It was amazing. <laughs> in all, it was on shit like the flavor of Coke, but, you know, it was something. Um, in all, the company received more than 40,000 calls and letters from disappointed customers. At the peak of this shit, the, the, the company hotline was receiving over 1,500 calls a day. That's almost four times the normal rate. Uh, and according to a psychiatrist that Coke hired to listen in on the calls, people, quote, <laughs> sounded as if they were discussing the death of a family member. Jesus. End quote. If you're describing the change in a recipe of a soft drink like the death of a family member, I'm fucking flabbergasted you could limit the number of buttons pressed at one time to one with your fat fucking fingers. <laughs> <laughs> you got like a fucking beaver tail what? for a hand at that point. <laughs> <laughs> we dialed back then still sometimes. Your fingers are too fat to obtain a dialing wand, mash the keypad. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not surprised. The people of Georgia were pretty much all Homer Simpson with a bit more jaundice. But Homer Simpson. Yeah, yeah. Talk it up, guys. You guys all have so ones. much to live for. You're not that worried about the Coke flavor. <laughs> Show off. Oh, yeah. Important things. I'm with you. I'm with you, Tom. I get it. So the new flavor quickly became a standard punchline for late night comedians. Ads for new Coke were being booed when they played at major sports <laughs> arenas. Even Fidel Castro got into the action, describing the taste as a sign of American capitalist decadence. Now, Goizueta, by the way, whose father fled Cuba to escape Castro's rule, would later describe that statement as the only thing that his dad and Fidel Castro ever agreed on. <laughs> Jesus. Just looking over a hill of dead fascist gorillas. It's gross, right? Like, too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the back of my mouth. I don't even know how to describe it. You have to smoke Weird. so many cigars just to cover the smell. It's not worth it. It's not cost effective. So, All these people with their Che Guevara shirts on, they're spiking the coke on the ground. <laughs> 
So the calls to reintroduce the classic formula came almost immediately. In fact, a Seattle retiree named Gay Mullins, (laughs) the most Seattle of names. Anyway, so Gay Mullins borrowed almost an eighth of a million dollars to start the Old Cola Drinkers of America organization for the express purpose of getting old Coke back. This happened on May 28th, one month and five days after the initial launch. <laughs> he, he even went as far as filing a class action lawsuit, which... Uh, classic action. Aquila's <laughs> <laughs> got nothing on you. Um, now, I, I should say at least the, the lawsuit was l- literally laughed out of court uh, by a judge who said in his ruling that he preferred Pepsi. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Scalia. <laughs> God. See, Scalia always struck me as a Mountain Dew man. You know, the official soda of racists. <laughs> so Goizueta, though, was undeterred even when international bottlers started to push back against the schedule changes in their markets. In fact, he went so far as to blame the customers for not being smart enough to know they liked the new taste better. <laughs> he, he said that bashing the new flavor had become chic and, and peer pressure was keeping the silent majority who loved his idea from speaking up. Come on, all the cool kids aren't trying it. <laughs> right? Just stirring up a controversy to get more drinkers. Fucking amateur. <laughs> and I just I just love that we can all rally around hating stuff again. It just feels American. Right? right? Huh? We need to make this country great again is what we need. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't until the sales started to level off and national protests of people pouring bottles out in the streets starting making it into local papers that Coca-Cola started seriously considering reintroducing the old formula. It's probably worth noting that among the groups applying the most pressure were their bottlers, many of them were already suing them even before this debacle. Um, After the switch, numerous bottlers complained that they were suffering personal opprobrium from the corporation's decision, with many of them reporting that their friends would now refuse to speak with them. What? Just, uh, hey, man, uh, you're taking this soda thing too seriously. You know I love my double C. (laughs) Don't do this. Come on, you're taking the... C? So Coke's intention to revert to the old formula was announced on July 11th, less than three months after the change was first announced. This was such big news that television networks cut into regularly scheduled programming to announce it. Fuck, fuck mid-episode of Days of Our Lives. In fact, Arkansas (laughs) Senator David Pryor took to the floor of the Senate to dub this, quote, a meaningful moment in U.S. history, end quote. I love this little detail, too. The first case of the reintroduced classic formula was given to Gay Mullins. <laughs> that's, that's good marketing. I, now, I have a question about that. I would have called Gay Mullins once a week for the rest of my life if I was a Coca-Cola employee. And be like, you still drinking, Gay? You still drinking? You like it? Because you called us and you sued us and you got an eighth of a million dollars together just making sure you had a Coke today, Gay. Just making sure you enjoyed the flavor of your life. So new Coke lingered on store shelves for seven years, despite the fact that virtually nobody was drinking it. No, well, not after sitting it around for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> it's all flat. However, I should, I should note the reintroduced classic formula sold with unparalleled success. In fact, six months after the mulligan rollout, classic Coke was selling at more than twice the rate of Pepsi. Now, that has led a number of marketing researchers to dub this the most successful failure in advertising history as it permanently reversed Pepsi's creeping market share. 
Uh, speaking of which, check out the new Citation Needed. And we're back. Citation Needed Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Now, to be fair, uh, a lot of people have pointed to the introduction of Cherry Coke, which happened at about the same time as the classic Coke rollout, as a far more significant factor in the company's success. But there's nothing like consensus on this fact. For his part, though, Goizueta never admitted that he'd made a mistake and even threw a 10th anniversary party for New Coke in 1995. In fact, he continued to drink it until his death in 1997, which was not related to New Coke. (laughs) (laughs) What a sad image. Some guy just... Loudly announcing at the bar, no new Coke. I love that stuff. Always thought people were wrong about it. Always thought they were wrong. Am I right? right. This guy knows. This guy doesn't know. He was just. He just had to pee. New Coke. New. Day after day, he sits there saying that. Yeah, a little known fact, too, that guy donated his body to science. They're still carving him up and putting him in coke overnight to see which pieces dissolve. Spoiler, <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's all the pieces. Yeah. They all, <laughs> all of them. They're done now, yeah. yeah. Now, in a commendable effort to put a positive spin on this catastrophe, marketing VP Sergio Zyman said a new coke, quote, Yes, it infuriated the public, cost us a ton of money, and lasted for only 77 days before we introduced co- uh, reintroduced Coca-Cola Classic. Hard to believe that there's a butt coming, but there is. <laughs> Still, New Coke was a success because it revitalized the brand and reattached the public to Coke. End quote. <laughs> it's like pouring honey on your dick for a few months and then washing it off. Derek's like, and your lady friend's super happy with the classic D. <laughs> I want to throw out an interesting side note to this whole thing. Something interesting in this thing? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, can you believe My it? Ears are I saved it up. for the very end. <laughs> <laughs> so as a result of this fiasco, Bill Cosby ended his advertising co- uh, contract with Coke, saying that his endorsement of new Coke had hurt his credibility. <laughs> Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. That in an sucks. effort to rebuild that credibility, I suppose, he went on to star in Ghost Dad and rape a lot of women. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, Jesus. The worst. I hated Ghost Dad. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, Pepsi was using Michael Jackson as a spokesman for the next decade. Yeah, right. Who was <laughs> supposed to win? <laughs> <laughs> or lose it. It's like raping apples and baby oranges. How does the math work? I don't know how we would say who did worse. Michael or... Jackson had a lot of fractions, so... Oh. <laughs> Alright, if you had to kids. summarize what you've learned in one sentence... <laughs> Tom, Tom, I'm moving on, Cecil. I'm moving on. No, we, we get I'm it. Editing we get you it. Out. I'm learning to edit and editing you out. That's what's happening, Cecil. You've made me uncomfortable. Do you have a computer I can borrow? I don't... He's only allowed to use a tablet. Uh, (laughs) All right. If you had to summarize what you've learned in one sentence, what would it be? Bill Cosby is a rapist. (laughs) Accurate. Accurate. Oh, you you meant about New Coke. I didn't know. I'm I'm sticking with with that. I didn't care about New Coke. I still don't after learning (laughs) this. Great topic. Great topic. Are you ready for the quiz? I am, sir. All right. Let me go first here. There have been a lot of marketing disasters. Which one comes in second to the New Coke debacle? A, the this is your brain on drugs because it made high people hungry for an omelet. (laughs) It did. B, 
The AIDS diet candy, which was actually filled with hepatitis C. That's real. <laughs> Is it? There really was an AIDS diet candy. C, the Snickers campaign, grab some nuts, which featured a commercial where Mr. T removes someone's testicles with his bare hands. <laughs> or D, the citation needed rollout plan. <laughs> All right. Well, like Robert Guazera, I'm way too involved in D to pick that one. And I will, I do recall getting hungry during those. I'm, I'm going to go with A, the, the your brain on drugs. <laughs> it is camp. true. It is true. That's the second yeah, worst one. Yeah, we didn't stop doing drugs in no, the 80s. So no, I you figured. just ate a bunch of fucking eggs. That's all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. No, I got one for you, too. Uh, so as we all know, the, the best version of New Coke is called um, Crack. And, uh, and their marketing team was killing it in 1985. Um, the CIA. Which of the following was their best slogan? Was it A, Crack, 12 ounces is a mandatory minimum in the can. <laughs> is it B, Crack, do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> Is it C, open your crack, open happiness? <laughs> or is it D, crack? <laughs> I have no follow-up. I'm selling crack. Never heard a slogan Who before. Needs some Just how much money do you have? I have crack. All right. So I think... You're trying to tempt me with D because that's definitely the one I remember from 85. But um, <laughs> but I feel like their best one, it was Garrison Keillor's favorite. That was C, open your crack, open half. <laughs> that is correct. All right, guys, my question is a little personal and simple. True or false, the host did not properly prepare for this episode. A, true. B, truer. C, truest. Or D, impossibly not true. Impossibly not false. I didn't even prepare for my even question. Prepare for your question. <laughs> you read your question. I read my question wrong. All right. I'm going to go with E then because you have no fucking clue. <laughs> All right. So it's obvious we're taking a page out of Coca-Cola's book. And the time has come for us to roll out a new terrible version of all of our shows to make people appreciate the old ones and especially this one. So what's it going to be? A, The Bathing Atheist, same show, now recorded in the hot tub. <laughs> That's a great I idea. Like in your show. Ooh, second vote. That's yeah. a great B, idea. I like it. Cognitive Impairment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let y'all fill in the blanks there. C. <laughs> what would... I like the God like awful boobies. Correcting all your spelling. As <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> it's every, C, every line. Every, every line, line. Every line. C. God awful <laughs> boobies. Just us criticizing tits. <laughs> it's just a silent podcast. Right? It's just, yeah, right. It's just the three of them like, have you guys seen any? Have you guys. I hear really good things. Nobody's. Can you touch them too? Do they. And D. The sex with that. A political wrap-up of which political figures we'd fuck. <laughs> just a big list of Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, yeah. it was just going to be a 12-parter on Elizabeth Warren, and then we'd run out of shit. But that didn't stop Serial from being super successful. So I'm going to go with D, the sex with that. Ooh, I think that one's wrong. <laughs> it is, yes. That's the formula. Yeah. The last person is the one who... It's, not, it's yeah. cognitive impairment, which is... <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you think about it at home. I don't want to so say So you it. said you didn't completely prepare for this one, huh, Tom? Yeah. Uh, oh, no. No, I, I prepared. I just, I wrote out the line, and then I was like, nope. He's going to cut it anyway. So I just let the folks at home realize that that show and what it is and that it would be hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, Eli, you were the first to stump our experts. So you'll be taking over in this chair next week. Don't worry. I'll leave it uh, warm and wet for you. <laughs> so who do you nominate to do all the real work? Uh, I'm going to go with you because you did such a great job this week. And I can't tell if that's ass, sweat, or pee without sniffing it, Tom. So either uh, way, yeah. I don't. there should be consequences. Why would I choose one? I get both choices. It's a big chair. All right. And before we close things off, we'll pass things on to Sarah to read the answer to last week's Twitter question. Thanks, Tom. Last week's Twitter assignment was to write a haiku about the Donner Party. This week, we had so many great submissions, we chose two. The first is Travis Welpley or at Solid Zaku on Twitter. Party in shambles. Eating each other? Donners? No. Republicans! And Georgia Peach at GT Peach on Twitter. Let's take this shortcut. Oh God, we're all going to die. This arm needs more sauce. Thanks for playing along. This week's question is, make any product better by adding new to the title and one ingredient. Tell us the product, ingredient, and why it's better. Retweet or Facebook share this episode with your answer, and you could be next week's winner. Back to you, Tom. All right. Well, for Cecil, Eli, Heath, and Noah, I'm Tom. Thank you for hanging out with us today. We'll be back next week, and by then, I'll be an expert on something else. Between now and then, you can hear more from Cecil and me on the Cognitive Dissonance Podcast every Monday. You can also hear more from Noah, Heath, and Eli on The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and The Skeptocrat, because none of them ever shut the fuck up. <laughs> and if you'd like to help keep this show going, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash citationpod, or leave us a five-star review everywhere you can. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, check out past episodes, connect with us on social media, or check the show notes, be sure to check out citationpod.com. Optional sign-off. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to you're supposed to read the brackets. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do the accent. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Okay, I got it. I got it. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.